So run me through this one more time. A monster and a cryptid aren't the same because... Okay, okay. Let me put it this way. You know a werewolf, right? Mm-hmm. And you know the wolf man. Mm-hmm. So werewolf, man, turns into wolf. Monster. Okay. Wolf man, part wolf, part man. Cryptid. So is a monster always a human slash monster slash creature? Like a vampire. Like a sexy vampire. Like when I think of a werewolf, I think like teen wolf. Like So monsters are sexy and cryptids are scary. For some people, I guess. Okay, okay. You know Baphomet, right? Yes, in- intimately. All right, Baphomet versus a goat man. Baphomet is a monster, also a deity, but a monster, goat man, cryptid. So how come if you're like little moon boy just walking around and you're like, oh my gosh, full moon, like cycles, ah, and then you turn into a wolf, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're a monster. But if you just happen to be a man who has the face of a wolf and the body of a man, like a strong man, now you're just a cryptid and everyone's kind of like, people aren't making movies about you. They're just spreading rumors about you. That doesn't seem fair. Well, no, because a cryptid, it could have a human head or talk English at least. Like, look at Loveland Frogman. He's technically yeah. cryptid. Yeah. He could defend himself. He chooses to be on his own, but he's not a monster. He doesn't turn into a frog. He is a frog. So, so jumping off that, is a mermaid a monster or a cryptid? Like little amphibian girl. Well, see, even then, there's sirens mm-hmm. that are monsters and cryptids. So sirens are cryptids and mermaids are monsters? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Really, I think what it comes down to is most humans are monsters anyway. So it's inherently in the human part of them. So if you have just a little bit of human genetics, like bestiality, in your entire being, then you're going to be a monster, even if you got wings. I think if there's mostly human, it makes you a monster. Okay, I think I'm getting it now. I think that makes sense to me. <clears throat> you know, I just want to jump in for a moment. Sorry, the, the door was unlocked and I got, I didn't really fit in the lobby. It's, uh, it's a little tight in there uh, for someone of my stature. But I love what you are all doing for the cause here. And the monster vs. cryptid conversation is one that's been going on forever. And as a cryptid myself, I think it really comes down to the intent. A monster is some thing or someone that, you know, means to cause harm. They're gonna ruin a day. They're gonna steal your lunch or something. But a cryptid, we're just out here. We're trying to live our lives. We're trying to raise families or hustle. And we get taken advantage of because we can't integrate into society. Now, David, you mentioned something really important. Cryptid representation in film. For so long, we've been poorly represented. We are getting no rights or revenue from this. And I've actually... Can I do a pluggable right now? Or should I save that to the end? Um, just really quick. Excuse me. Yeah, do you... Um, David, can we like open a window maybe? Um, I'm sorry. It is quite hot in here. Yeah, and there's just a little bit of a, a smell. But who are you? Oh, hi. I go by Carl these days. I've been known by many names. Throughout the past, Este Kapkaki, Otonope, San Vincente, but Carl right now, also known as the Skunk Ape. Oh, yeah, David, I'm. Yeah, he was supposed to come in this week, but um, I forgot. It's okay. I, I am a little bit late. Um, the flight I tried getting on, I didn't fit. 
apparently airplanes are not made for beings of my stature, which is about, you know, seven foot, some say six foot ten, but I round up because it helps me in the dating scene. Mm -hmm. And at the Florida airport, turns out there was a charter plane making its way to Texas with some spare room on it. So they were kind enough to offer me a ride. And here I am. Oh, well, thank God for that. Uh, chance encounter, I guess. I have to thank whoever decided to fly a plane from Florida to Texas, you know? Yeah, you know, sometimes life just works out. So, okay, we weren't ready for an interview today, but like, ah, we're going to do it. I'm Caroline. I was the one who emailed you initially. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you, Caroline. And of course, you know David. Um, he is my boss and sometimes my friend. We go way, way back. Good to see you again, David. I mean, I know of him. Don't know him, but you know what? Good to see you, too, in the power of healing. It was a little hurtful, but we'll, we'll unpack this later, I think. So do you prefer to be called Carl? Yes, Carl, please. Okay. It's what I go by now. Okay, so Carl, like, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, where do you live? So let's say I live in Florida. Mm -hmm. I like to keep my residence area a secret. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to be a little secretive around where in Florida that is because... I'm sure you can imagine the way I was brought into this existence as a cryptid draws a lot of attention from humans. And for me and my offspring, we re... Oh, uh, can, we, can we edit that last part? For me and me alone, the only skunk ape, we get a lot of attention that we just don't like. But, you know, we're, we're just... I'm a simple swamp-loving thing. Yeah, I'll definitely edit that. I'm really good at remembering what to edit out. So your secret children are safe with me. Perfect. Thank you. Let's edit that part out too, please. I do want to add something. Caroline, you might understand this. Mosquitoes, definitely monsters. Oh, okay. So mosquitoes have human DNA. Well, yeah, they suck the blood and it becomes part of them. Vampire bug. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of mosquitoes in the swamps of Florida. Segway. They are an absolute pest to human and cryptid alike. Yeah. So how do you like avoid mosquitoes? The same way y'all try it. Mostly through a lot of citronella mm -hmm. in my garden, but I find that that doesn't even work. So it's just something we have to live with right now. It's that time of year. Mm-hmm. So like just trying to get to know a little bit of your story a little bit more. Can you tell me about your interactions with humans? Like when was the first time that you made contact with them and how has that been for you? What's that like? So my tale goes back quite, quite long. I mean, I don't even know when the human date system was invented and when I came about. But what I can tell you is that I have fond memories as a young skunk ape interacting with the local tribes of where I'm from. We had such a great relationship, you know? I'd help them hunt every once in a while. We'd trade goodies, just like any fond neighbor relationship. Life was good. Um, they had these really strange customs that always puzzled me around covering their nose when I approached them with, which seems to be a human sign of respect back then. And I mean, it seems like it's carrying on, Caroline. I see you doing that from time to time too. It's. I will cover my nose back here in a sign of mutual respect. But alas, I'm, uh, I'm trailing here. So anyway, I ended up roaming for a while. I ended up living in Florida for most of my life. Would try to hang out with the early settlers. But, you know, as people became less nomadic 
and really settled down. They became less fond of having someone like me around. They called me really hurtful things like a man-sized monkey. And they accused me of, you know, stealing food or stalking fishermen. I got other stuff going on with my life. But anyway, it's a little bit about me. So this just does further prove what we were talking about earlier, that um, man is the monster. And I'm sorry that my people have treated you so poorly. Um, I extend to you my nose, and I let you know that you are welcome here with us. Um, David, can you, like, open that window, please? I have no idea why you were okay. Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. I, I don't understand why you're plugging your nose. Mm-hmm. Such beautiful human customs. So you are living in the swamp, swampy swamp man. Um, not swamp man, swamp ape, skunk ape. Swamp man was a neighbor of mine for many years. Very, very quiet fellow. Kind of off-putting, actually, but great guy. Yeah, the loners of our species aren't usually um, loners for no good reason, but mm. we are haven't interviewed any of them yet because they're still in the man face of their monsterhood. But, like... That's kind of what happens in swamps. People are kind of isolated and people kind of do their own thing. So I guess what do you do like in a typical day? Well, a typical day for a skunk ape is no different than a typical human. Wake up. I've got a garden. I'll go out for food. Oftentimes, I used to hunt, but recently I've heard about this uh, plant-based diet that most humans are into. So... Trying to feed off the plants, see how that's going for, you know, Mother Earth and myself. Mm -hmm. Maybe stalk a few fishermen along the way and... Because if people are going to accuse you of it, like, you might as well do it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, times are tough. And if I can grab an iPod or something to sell on the black market, then... Well, yeah. And I mean, I hate to break it to you, but... People aren't really using iPods anymore. They're using iPhones. So uh, you might be able to sell like an iPod to like a teenager, but I don't think you're going to be getting that much currency for it at this point in time. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of started off about the money and just trying to survive. But I really love music. And, you know, as a cryptid, it's really hard to just walk into an Apple store and buy one of those products. Mm -hmm. But they just look at you weird. But they all plug their noses out of respect, which, again, I appreciate. But now this is how I find music. And, you know, there was this great band I just discovered. Very violent name, which was off-putting, but the music was nice. Uh, I believe they're called The Killers. This Mr. Brightside song I discovered last summer. It's just been world-changing. Yeah, that one's a banger for sure. David listens to that like six times a day. Yeah, I got this, uh, it's similar to an iPod. It's called a Zune. It's great. It's, it's the future of this music thing. It's just, it's durable. It's small. It holds all my six tracks. It's great. You need to look into that next. It's super durable. I've tried to smash it like six times. Mmm, mmm. That sounds more fitting for my lifestyle. Do you know where I can get one of these Zunes? You know, I haven't seen one in the stores for a while, so I think they're super exclusive. Mmm. I can go look for you as a favor for coming in today. Oh, amazing. Thank you. I don't have an address, though, so we'll have to figure something out. How about this? So you're not to like give away your location too much, but you sounds to me like you're in the Everglades, right? David, would you mind plugging your ears? There's, I, I don't want him to know. Sure. Thank you. 
Yes, Everglades area. Okay. Yeah, about like the northern part of it. So my buddy has a little riverboat. I can just come out there and I'll chuck it into the Everglades. You can just find it. Perfect. Perfect. I'll, do, you, do you have a map somewhere? I can draw like a general circle of this tree where I get my Uber Eats delivered and everything mm -hmm. like that. And we could just use that location. Okay. Oh, yeah. Actually, I saw a map of the Everglades um, in David's office the other day. So I can just go get that. Here it is. So which tree is it? Is it the circled one? Wait, why? Hold on. How do you know about that tree? Why is this already circled? That's where I know you from. Okay, so this whole time, been a little bit quiet. I get it. I've been trying to figure out where do I know Carl from? Is it from high school? No. Is it from that one band camp we went to? No, because I didn't go to band camp. Back in the 90s, I had this friend. Man, what is his name? We'd call ourselves like, you know... The dynamic duo, the double D's, if you would. I just, I, name's clearly not important, but he was just, he'd call me, ask for basketball scores. I don't know why. I gave it to him, but he, he was always obsessed with like this. He'd say it was an orangutan, but mean, so like a monster almost. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, a, you know, I scratch his back, he scratches mine, and where if I need some help later, he'll come and help. That's where we know each other, or at least I know where Carl is, because we would always try to go after Carl. It was right here in the northern Everglades. So you would um, cryptid hunt with us, guy. Yeah. So you would. You were like, uh, you were a dynamic duo, as you say. So you were like the Benny Often Wise of cryptid hunters, powerful at first, but ultimately unsuccessful. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd say that he was unsuccessful. I'm still around doing my thing. So Carl, do you know who he's talking about? Oh, I know exactly who he's talking about. Back in the 90s, all I was trying to do was get my hands on the newest CDs for my Walkman, and there would be these two stalking me, laying traps at my tree with the newest Tupac CD, and really causing me a lot of hassle. It was, it was a tough time, and they said some very mean things about me. Like, they call me a giant orangutan. Well, first off... Orangutans are majestical, and we love them. And second off, there's a lot of difference here. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Just so, just to set the record straight. Well, thank you for giving me a platform and an opportunity to explain the difference. Um, I am much taller. I walk with a mostly straight posture. I do have a little bit of scoliosis, but you know we won't get into that. And my hair color is just different. Mm-hmm. And also I can talk. That's true. And I would say that like when I think of orangutans, it's like the Paul Giamatti of apes. And you have a much stronger physical presence than Giamatti has ever brought to stage or screen. I'm not sure who that is, but thank you. You're welcome. Do you remember who I'm talking about? You know, you know, this is the 90s. It was a little bit further back. Things were different. But he looked like, a, he looked like an off-brand Walmart crocodile Dundee. What was his name? Hmm. David, I don't remember. You know what? Maybe it'll come to me. I'll text Caroline. You're probably going to be Instagram friends later, so she'll let, she'll figure this out. Oh, we're definitely going to be Instagram friends later. I'm just a little bit confused. So you had this relationship, this friendship with this other cryptid hunter, this guy who's camped out in the Everglades and who seems mostly fixated on finding Carl. And you guys, sounds like you were really good friends. And if I know one thing about David, it's that he has no friends. So what happened? He, so when we'd hunt, all he'd want to do is watch basketball and drink beer. 
I'm not about that. I want to help society. I want to capture whatever's causing this mess. He just wanted to see who the Miami Heat were playing. So we kind of, you know, drifted apart, if you would. Have you talked recently, David? Oh, I don't think I've talked to him in 15, 16 years. Well, you know, I've been listening to the previous episodes of the show. Quite fantastic, by the way. Thank you. And I hear you're trying to make amends, and I love that. And I think you should reach out to him. I think he really misses you, and that's a, that's a shovel to be buried, as the humans say. Caroline, we're going to talk about this episodes after this episode. Yeah, there's something that we've been doing. It's okay. People love it. But anyway, I don't know. The breakup was kind of like we left not in the best terms. He wasn't really hunting as much. I wanted to do a little bit more. I didn't want to get stuck in a rut, so I had to, you know, break it off and move on. Yeah, and I understand that. You need to do what's best for you, but ultimately you two had something beautiful, and I wonder if there's any way you two can just mend that. It, it feels like such a waste to just let something so precious like that atrophy and fade to the sands of time. Yeah, and you know, David, sometimes um, friendship breakups are just as painful, if not more painful, than relationship breakups because you have such good times with your friends and you like tell them things, you tell them secrets, like you tell them like that man, he's in the yard still. And they keep that, they keep that a secret for you. But ultimately if that friendship ends, what do you do? Like there's no more space in the yard. And so you just let this person go. And that's really hard. And I think that ultimately it's important to um, salvage the relationships you can because you don't want anyone to have any regrets or know anything they shouldn't. Does that make sense? Caroline, that was beautiful. And please take it from people like me, the swamp man, my old neighbor. We haven't had friends in hundreds of years. It's a beautiful thing. Do it for those of us who can't. You know, Carl, you're, uh, you're, wait, what's in this for you? What's in this for me? You know what? I am hurt and offended. I'm just trying to help an old, okay, all right, I can't do this anymore. My life was a lot better when you and your friend were hanging out. Y'all would have a few beers, not really be focused on the hunting. I would be able to do my chores and get my CDs for my Walkman. And, you know, ever since that relationship ended, he's been hyper-focused on catching me, and it makes things really inconvenient. So you're saying he's, he's, he's trying to hunt again? Yes. Like, ridiculously well at it. He's gotten better with age. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a man on a mission. And are you bothered by the people that are hunting you? And, or, like, just kind of the human interactions you have? I know that um, you like being alone. I know that you're an isolation king. But that you kind of enjoy a little bit of chitter-chatter. And I guess, how do you feel about how people talk about you? Like, elephant in the room, like, I'm sorry, but you are a little bit smelly. How do you feel about that? Smelly? I haven't noticed anything. Like, it smells like, you know, nothing in here, so I don't... What's... Yeah, but David, I talked to your doctor, and your nose follicles were burned off years ago. Oh, that's right. He never can tell when I burn the popcorn. He just eats it. He just eats black kernels. I did not know there was popcorn here. Will I be able to get some yes. after... Th oh, fantastic. I do love popcorn. 
Well, going back to your question, Caroline, as you know, you called out, I am a social creature. I like interacting with humans and cryptids alike. But over the past few years, my love and relationship with the humans has really faded. They often try to take photos of me, which I'm okay with, but they do it in secret. It's always blurry. It's very unflattering. Mm -hmm. It gets posted on social media with terribly mean captions. I mean, imagine if every time you were out tending to your crop, someone took a photo of you that was blurry, posted on social media with very mean things. You'd be upset too. And as for the smell thing, this is one of the most hurtful things. I mean, I stopped using a lot of products years ago. It's at my age, you want to be more mindful of your diet and your health. And I'm trying to live a more natural life. And listen, the swamps I live in, it's kind of sulfuric there. Mm -hmm. It's got an egg smell. And in my culture, that's something to be revered, not hated. And I think that's why humans, you know, cover their nose when they see me. They're acknowledging that sacred smell. Yeah, and I agree with the fact that you can't talk to someone who lives in a swamp and expect them not to smell like a swamp. I think that's the height of classism. And in this town, in this bunker, we have no class. We don't like the bourgeoisie of the Bible Belt, as they say. Well, I'm all about natural products. Um, we had the jackalope in here a few weeks ago, actually, and he was texting me the other day, and he was like, oh my gosh, Like, don't buy anything that's tested on animals because it's tested on bunnies, which are my kin. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. And I guess humans just have a lot of misunderstandings about cryptids and kind of what their purpose is and how we should interact with them, which is really effed up, if I may be so bold to say. And I guess, do you think you're misunderstood by the humans? And what do you wish like people knew about you? Oh, absolutely. What I've seen, I, I've been around a very long time, as I mentioned, and humans tend to get afraid of things they don't know or understand, and often they won't take the time to know or understand them. And it's a very vicious cycle. So if I had to have a wish for humans, it would be, as you see cryptids, embrace them with curiosity, be open to them, learn more about them, accept myself, leave me alone, I enjoy my swamp, but if you see me coming in to a store to try to buy something, you can ask for a selfie, you can plug your nose in respect, but let's, let's leave the interaction there. Or friendly wave. Yes, friendly wave. Mm -hmm. I get that. I think that's a totally fair way to feel. So you're kind of like an introvert extrovert. There, you want the interaction on your terms. You don't want us creeping into your swamp, taking photos of you and like shouting like, oh my God, smelly. You want it to be like, hey, I'm in the shop. Let's, let's talk about the weather. Exactly. It's, it's like the golden rule. I mean, how would you feel if I ran onto your property with a camera and yelled, tiny puny, look at the hair you don't have, haha, and then ran away? Be I'd be hurtful. devastated. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, so don't bring that upon me. That's all right. They couldn't get past our defenses anyway. We're safe. He did walk in completely without our knowledge or awareness, but... I also was straightening my hair earlier and it kind of short-circuited the like sh the short-circuit box thing. So I think the defenses are down. Um, I was going to tell you about that, but I forgot. I'm also a champion jumper. So I just kind of jumped over all the fences. You should get taller fences. 
Yeah, our fences are only three feet tall. I was going for the American dream look, you know, white picket fence, but also putting traps behind them. I guess Caroline forgot. We get, we, we, we get a lot to talk about after this one. We have so much to talk about. I'm so excited. But so while we still have you here, we know about your past and a little bit how you feel. But what have you been up to lately? Like, what does your future hold for Carl? Yeah, absolutely. And this is so great. We're talking about, you know, past, present, and future. I think this is very healing. So in my old age, I I have some plans to try to make things better for cryptids. But for me to be able to do this, David... You really need to call your friend because like I said, he's gotten really, really good at hunting me and it's taking up a lot of my time and energy from dodging a lot of those traps. Do you know how tempting those killers albums are just laying there? There's apparently more than Mr. Brightside and I really want to listen to them, but there's a bear trap next to everyone and I almost fall for it. Anyway, I digress. So looking ahead at the future, I've, I really want to make cryptids' lives better. And w- when we were talking about this earlier on, cryptid representation in the media is an area that's been long ignored. Our likeness and rights are being used without our consent, any of our input, and we don't receive any royalties. So that's why I've started a philanthropy around cryptids rights in media production or crimp as i'm calling it so i'm trying to grow that business trying to get a bunch of good lawyers involved and really make the world a more fair place not just for humans but for cryptids as well can we put a link at the uh episode notes do you do that on this show i've never learned how but i can certainly try Okay, excellent. I will DM you the link. Perfect. Well, first off, Caroline, why have you not told me there's more Killers albums? Second off, you know, in the power of healing, and once, kind of like what I said earlier, Carl, if you, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. You know what? What is his name? I'll, I mean, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out his name, and I'll give him a call. Kind of try to get him off your back so you can snag those albums. David, you have to figure out his name. I know. I, Caroline, I'm, I'm working on it. But for now, just, just put Big D in, in the book for me, please. I'll, I'll remember it. I just remember D, D, dynamic duo, David, and D, I don't know. David, David, I, I hate to interrupt, but I was promised popcorn, and I noticed we're running out of time. It is quite a long journey back to the Everglades, so... Yeah, and I think that plane was only one way. Um, how about this? So security system still down. David, why don't you work on that? Go out into the yard, fix those wires, and I will make Carl some popcorn and we will research Zunes. Yeah, I can't trust you with basic electronics now. Or I don't know why I did in the first place. I'm going to make the popcorn over a fire. It's going to be so good. Or just save some for me. Always. Thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell your friends. Therapeutic as Folklore is produced by David Sanye and Scaroline Kafer. Voice talent by Mamet Bilge.